The Old Testament book of Jonah is not the story of a great fish. It is the story of a great God. In a world on the verge of judgment and desperate for a spiritual awakening, it holds a message we all need. Salvation is of the Lord. Join us in the book of Jonah today as we study God's Word with Scott Pauley. When we last left Jonah, he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, not running to the Lord. He was literally running away from the presence of the Lord. It sounds like the condition of every disobedient person, every sinner, in a sense, is running away from the holiness of God, away from the purpose of God. And I'm going to tell you by personal experience, there is nothing on earth more wonderful, more joyful than being in the conscious presence of the Lord. And there is nothing more miserable than being outside of his presence. Let me read on a little further today, if I may, in Jonah chapter number one, immediately after it says that he rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord, it says in verse four, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Look, if you are a believer, if you belong to the Lord and he belongs to you and you're running from God, do not think for a moment it's going to be easy. In fact, the Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. It may be easy to sin. Indeed, it is easy to sin because we're all sinners by nature. Uh, it is, it's so easy to do what we want to do. But you'll find that that which was so easy becomes hard very quickly because you're fighting against God. You're fighting against God's purpose. The Bible says in verse 5, Then the mariners were afraid. And cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? That's a great question, isn't it? Uh, what, what are you doing sleeping away your life while we're in the midst of this, this distress, this storm? You see, Jonah was not on praying ground. Isn't it interesting to see the contrast between these pagans who were crying out to their gods, little g, in the midst of their distress, and here's a believer who knew the true and living God, who knew how to pray, who would have been answered if he had prayed, but instead of praying, what's he doing? He's sleeping. In the New Testament, you remember Peter, James, and John in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says they were sleeping for sorrow. I believe Jonah was doing the same thing. His, his heart was, was so grieved within him, his conscience crying out against him. I think he thought perhaps if he could just go to sleep, if he could just get some rest. But old friend, you can get sleep, but you can't get peace. There's no peace to the wicked. What meanest thou, O sleeper? He said, Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. It's pretty bad that a heathen man is asking a believer to pray, and Jonah is not on what the old-timers used to call on praying ground. I wonder, are you on praying ground today? You're going to meet somebody today who has a great need, who needs to know somebody that can get a hold of God who can pray. Are you able to pray? Are you so right with the Lord, living in the spirit of prayer and obedience, 
full of faith that at any moment you can call on God. The Bible says in verse 7, they said everyone to his fellow, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? What a list of questions. He's being interrogated. Uh, They're urgent. They're intense. But they didn't ask the main question. Notice they ask him what his occupation was. That's what people want to most talk about. Someone says, tell me about yourself. We immediately begin telling them what we do for a living. Friend, what you do for a living and what's true of your life are not always the same thing. It's not just what your occupation is. And then, whence comest thou? What is thy country? Of what people art thou? They're asking him for for geographical information, circumstantial things, uh, ethnic background, racial considerations, uh, religious experience, all these things, uh, information that they wanted from him, but they missed the main question. Here's the main question of all of life. What's your relationship to God? Look, who cares what your occupation is if you're not right with God? Who cares where you've come from, uh, where you're going, uh, who your family is if you're not right with God? In verse 9, he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. You see, at least he's not lost his fear of God. He's running from the Lord. He's miserable in his sin. He's dealing now with the consequences of it, and I might point out others are as well. No one ever sins alone, but at least he still has this fear of God. The Bible says in verse 10, Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? That's the real question, isn't it? Why? Not who are you, not where have you come from, not what people do you belong to. Why are you running from God? For the men knew, here's the end of verse 10, for the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. This is the third time now we find this expression, from the presence of the Lord. The first two are in verse 3, and the third is in verse 10. And it's interesting, in verse 3, only Jonah and God know But by the time you get to verse number 10, everybody knows. You see, when you live a life of disobedience, you may live it secretly at first, but at some point it will be made public. We've learned already that the presence of God in our life is connected to the Word of God. Uh, Let's learn a second lesson today. The presence of God in our life is always connected to the will of God. You see, everybody wants the blessing of being in His presence. They just don't want the obedience that is required in the presence of the Lord. But God's blessing and obedience are always connected. Look, you can't have all of the gifts without being right with the giver. You can't enjoy all that God has for you until you can enjoy the Lord himself. It's interesting to me that Jonah is surrounded by people, and yet he's very much alone in this. You see, the presence of many is no substitute for the conscious presence of one. Uh, you You can be surrounded by people. You could be in a crowd but yet no, your sin has separated you from real fellowship with God. The Bible says, though hand join in hand, they shall not be unpunished. It means that there is no majority when you're standing in opposition to God. What was the will of God for Jonah? The will of God for Jonah is very simple. In verse 6, God wanted him to wake up. In verse 9 and verse 10, God wanted him to confess, to say the truth, to, to say who he was and who God was and what he had done. In verse 12, God wanted him to surrender. 
Listen to this. Verse 11, Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Basically, Jonah came to the place of ultimate surrender. We might even say it this way, of death to self. He recognized that life was not even worth living outside the presence of God. Maybe that's why there's so many miserable people today. They're living their life, but outside of God's presence, they're miserable. Sin can bring pleasure, but it brings no peace. It can bring enjoyment, the pleasure of sin that lasts for a season, but it brings no lasting joy and contentment. And what God wants is for each of us to awaken, to confess our sin, and fully surrender to him to die to self today, to come to the place of utter abandonment to God and say, Lord, I'm just in your hands. Whatever you want to do with me, that's what I want to do. And here's the glorious truth. That moment of desperation becomes the moment of deliverance. That moment of breakdown becomes the breakthrough. If you want to live in the presence of God today, my friend, then you must live obeying the will of God. Do you want to go further in your study of the Bible? Visit us at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find hundreds of articles, sermons, and podcast episodes in our online library. You can search the archive by scripture or subject, and we trust it will help you as you continue your journey in scripture. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us again next time on Enjoying the Journey.